City on Fire, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. My name is Dan Jackson. Jeff couldn't be with us this week. He's off doing something. I think he went to Las Vegas to get some hookers. So I'm by myself, and that's cool because I get to say and do whatever I want. So we Our first guest is a guy by the name of Shy. If you get a chance... Go to YouTube and type in 500 impressions, and you'll be able to see the work of our next guest. Uh, This guy's absolutely hilarious. He's an up-and-coming actor in New York, and he's done some commercial work. He's also starred in a, uh, it's a little independent feature called uh, uh, God of Vampires, sort of a Chinese vampire independent film, sort of a bad taste type flick. We're featuring him because... Not only is his work just absolutely hilarious, and I wanted to share it with y'all, but he's Asian. (laughs) Anyway, um, so anyway, Ryan is also here from the City on Fire forums. He's going to be talking about some films that he was showing uh, at a festival that he hosted. It was an Asian film festival in Milwaukee. Um, And that's going to be lots of fun. It's going to be lots of fun to listen to, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, I'm going to make it fun to listen to. Maybe hear about some stuff you haven't seen, maybe you want to see, maybe you will buy. Maybe you'll come to cityonfire.com first, and you'll see the little ad for HK Flicks, and you'll go, oh, that's interesting. I think I'll click on that and buy that movie I heard about, because it's it sounds like a fun watch. Sounds like a fun flick. And by doing so, you'll be helping to support cityonfire.com. Would be nice if you guys would, you know, buy movies from hkflicks.com. Anyway. So without further ado, here's the show, and hope you like it, and uh, pour yourself a couple of shots, sit back, relax, and absorb the splendor, the wonder, the imagination, that is, the City on Fire Podcast. It's here, and it's here to stay. It's come a long, long way. The ultimate karate movie. Because let me tell you something, the action is so quick the camera failed to get it. All gum shots. Oops, the gates of hell have opened. A gnarled and scaly hand has come out with this movie in it. It's brought it to us on the planet Earth. Now just for you, the ultimate karate epic. You're gonna love it. Pitch yourself. You're not dreaming. It's for real. It's come down and don't be the last one to see it. Break the kids, but put your hand over their little eyes. About it, everything you need, you want, it's now yours for the taking. And check out those babes, more babes. Everything you need to know about gouging out your opponent's eyeballs, it's got it all. Ninja Bachelor Party, due to the cost of oil, due to the Persian Gulf, this movie's on sale at a special price. Morning, Dad. Morning, Mom. Clarence, what's that bandage on your hand? What did you do to your hand, baby? Um, I think I just slept on it. Oh, that's a bunch of fluids up there patching that karate. Well, uh, speaking of karate, I have real high hopes upon becoming a ninja warrior. Sweet lamb. No, really, I think it would be a fine career for me. I wish I was never born to hear the words that are spewing out of my son's mouth at this breakfast table this morning. Good one. First of all, son, there is no market for being a ninja. Look at the index. They're down 0.10 to 20% this year, down 2% from last year. Good one, Buzz. You tell him the truth and you tell him loud and clear. First of all, son, I am so disappointed in you and I'm hurting, hurting bad. If my ears could bleed, they would bleed blood. And I'll be there to squab them up and blame you, my son. Blood would spout out of my ears like a plasma sprinkler and I would water the earth with my own dissatisfaction. Good woman, speak. Hold nothing back on your arms. And on that day, the world would rise full of blood, and there would be only me, an empty carcass, floating, thinking about the sun that disappointed me so. Ninja warrior of all the fluey, of all the hula la 
must be the Robitussin talking, because this doesn't sound right to me. Son, I'm worried about you. You've been drinking that Robitussin, and your cough was 13 years ago. I rue the day that I was born that I gave you that cough syrup for which to overcome that itchiness in your throat. Little did I oh, know that well, it would become uh, a way uh, of life that would spin you out of control like some kind of narcoleptic demon. I, I uh, just rue the day. We had a murder at our table this morning, a murder of all hope and dreams. What's wrong with my baby? Oh, What's wow. wrong with my baby? Oh, wow. What's wrong with my baby? Oh, Lord, my mush is cold. You're listening to the City on Fire podcast. That was a clip from Ninja Bachelor Party. Ninja Bachelor Party was a sort of a home movie production done by Bill Hicks and his friend Kevin Booth. According to IMDb, uh, this movie came out in 1991, although they were they were probably making it over about five to six years. It's pretty cheap. If you can imagine the movie Kung Pao, as bad as that is, on a really shoestring budget, these guys were just fu- you know fucking around with a cheap video camcorder, and then they dubbed over all their voices. You know, some of the dubbing is cute, it's fun, but it seems like they didn't p- prepare or they didn't plan any of it out in, in advance, so it comes off just sounding really amateur, and that's, I guess, a little bit of its charm. Plus the fact that it's got Bill Hicks in it. In case you, you're not aware of Bill Hicks, Bill was an uh, excellent, amazing stand-up comedian uh, who died in 1994 of pancreatic cancer. Ninja Bachelor Party is definitely not representative of this guy's best work. If you want to hear Bill Hicks, you can look him up on YouTube, you can, or Google Video. Uh, if you get a chance, definitely check out some of Bill's stand-up comedy. I believe he's got four official albums out and a bunch of bootlegs. Uh, albums like Dangerous, Rant in E Minor, Arizona Bay, and Relentless. You won't be sorry. You, I mean, definitely either buy them, get them off iTunes, get them any way you can, but it's it's definitely worth your time to, to discover Bill Hicks. Ninja Bachelor Party. You can buy a copy of it at sacredcow.com. That's sacredcow.com. That's, I believe that's Kevin Booth's production company. So anyway, check it out, and uh, let's get on to our next feature. They're causing the world to underestimate and ignore us, and sadly grow to power, and then strike with the white-hot fury of a thousand ninja warriors, riding on samurai, wrapped up in Shaolin monks. All right, man. Um, do me a favor. Please pronounce your name for me, because I, I know I'm going to butcher it. So uh, The first name, the first full name is pronounced Shiaporn, and the last name is pronounced Smith. I like him. He's silly. Nice. Yeah, I've been doing that joke for 10 years. It's uh, pronounced Tiragunsitit. It's okay. not pronounced the way it's spelled. It's uh, sort of the Thai people's joke on the English-speaking world. Neat. Very yeah. neat. So you're a working actor, correct? More or less. More or less. But are you a professional? Like, Is that what you do primarily? I, I have been, yeah. I've done commercials and uh, some paid gigs here and there. But like most actors in New York, you do a lot of temp work or... I, I don't personally, but a lot of actors wait tables and you know whatever you can do to make the ends meet. But in the meantime, you're you're basically producing your own little you know mini movies. You got you know your own little YouTube thing going on. Um, how, when did you start doing that? I participated in a couple of a well, it's, it, it started. I started making movies to audition for Survivor. Was how I first started. I, I was making little Survivor audition tapes. Was that for uh, real or was that just a joke? Oh, that was completely for real. Oh, okay. But, uh, Apparently it was it was too too uh, jokey to get me onto Survivor. Gotcha. Those, those two little short films. So then uh, I participated in a couple of uh, little filmmaking contests, some 24-hour filmmaking festivals, which are a lot of fun. I completely recommend them to anyone who is looking to jump right in okay. to filmmaking. They give you a theme at midnight, and then you're, the films do the next night at midnight. <laughs> it's uh, it's great. Um, and then uh, I came across YouTube and. Just uploaded them and decided to start making more. I must say, dude, they're they're fucking funny as hell. I mean, they're oh, just well, you know. Thank you. Um, yeah, 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 I just basically make them to make my friends laugh. Apparently, other people seem to find them somewhat amusing. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, you can only really like. You should do it to make yourself laugh, and then make maybe make your friends laugh. And you know, usually if you do it right, the rest of the world will you know catch on and will will be with you on it. But Hopefully, yeah. You just have to hope that you have, you know, a decent sense of humor that will translate to. Oh, and it totally, it's it's awesome. Uh, my one of my favorite ones is the um, 
Let's see. I got a list of your videos here. Uh, <laughs> let's see. A long list of uh, 12 you've got there. <laughs> okay, the, uh, the Asians, <laughs> Asians, the Asian response to the Asian responders, which, okay, I had seen the, there's another video, that I forget the name of it, but it's, it's essentially the guy complaining about Rosie O'Donnell. An open letter to all the Rosie O'Donnells. See, I don't want to be politically correct. I just want to be helpful. So there's no need to become defensive, Rosie. Ignorance is not a crime. And believe me, when it comes to accents, you are ignorant. Because Ching Chong Ching Chong is not an accent. Ching Chong Ching Chong is a racist interpretation of a language often associated with being buried alive in a mine shaft or other such hate crime fun. Right, right. Okay. It's Bo- His name's Bosia or something. He's he's a New York beat poet. He's been on like Deaf Poetry Jam and the like. Right. Um, he's really good. It's a great video. And I, I, I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, I'll make a... I had actually been thinking of making a, a video about the Rosie O'Donnell comment, so I was like, I'll make this as a response. And then he never posted it as a response. I emailed him. I was like, hey, I made this video as a response to your video. Nothing. Nothing. No love. No. We both went to NYU. Nothing. Hello. I'm Shai Chirgensitit, and I'm here to talk with you today about an urgent problem facing our nation. Recently, there has been a growing trend among Asian Americans to publicly denounce instances of Asian defamation in the media. From the now infamous Sarah Silverman, I love chinks joke on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, to the more recent Rosie O'Donnell, Ching Chong segment on the otherwise hilarious sketch comedy program, The View, certain members of our community have taken it upon themselves to speak out in protest against what they perceive to be negative or detrimental portrayals of Asians in America. This is a problem, and it must stop. Not because you're not entitled to your opinion. Of course you are. Nor is it due to some deep-seated, self-loathing Asian syndrome. No, the main reason objecting to stereotyping is a problem is that you're screwing up the plan! Come here! He probably is... Yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just... Maybe he's offended that he thinks you're making fun of his... You know, like, you don't take yourself seriously. Maybe you, he thinks that, you know... Maybe he's just kind of, like, stuck up. I, w- I don't know. I would hope not, because his video is very funny and articulate, and uh, I would hope that he doesn't actually take himself too too seriously. Because I liked that yeah. video, but I loved I liked how you did it better, because essentially you said this almost the same thing, but you said it with just a, a nice, fuck you, you know, and it was just this really subtle, uh, you know, sarcastic fucking way of doing it that I thought right. really worked. So, Well, that's all part of the plan. Yeah. By calling attention to racial humor, whether it's by smart, witty, cutting-edge comedians who are addressing the underlying currents of racism in this country, or by Rosie O'Donnell, you are destroying decades of work establishing ourselves as asexual, submissive, rice-eating, violin-playing, math whizzes who can't drive. This is why it's so important to read the memos. And Wait, are you you Asian, by the way? No, I'm I'm about as white as you get, man. Yeah, I said cracker. As in trailer, as in tube top, as in honky, as in hockey loving, as in mayonnaise and Velveeta loving. Honky, honky, honky. Honk, honk. You know, but... Uh, you might get a knock on the door from... <laughs> or, I mean, nothing. But, you know, some of my best friends are. Okay. So, you know, is That's that fine? <laughs> yeah, you get the guest pass into the... Uh, All right. That's what he should. Um, and Jeff is actually, he's I think he's half Filipino. Um... So, I'm not sure if that even counts. <laughs> uh, if you can make chicken adobo, we'll be fine. But okay. other than that. So, let's see what else you got. You got, oh, I love the samurai one, too, the uh, Justice League thing. That was. Yeah, yeah, the old, uh, <laughs> the, the Minority Report Super Friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, those four guys just got screwed on that show. Except for Apache Chief. You know, everyone remembers Apache Chief. <laughs> I am a super friend. Fabulous. Well then, listen, don't let me stop you from using your uh, heat vision is it? on the uh, meteor. That's not my superpower. Magic tomahawk? Dream catcher? Warmer. He, he's gonna leg wrestle. El Dorado and Black Vulcan, they got really short shrift. I don't know, Mr. Black Vulcan. I'm just nervous about my first time. Oh, you shouldn't be nervous, little man. It's a beautiful thing. But... Does it hurt? <laughs> well, that depends on who's giving and who's receiving. Especially Samurai. 
Oh, you uh, you found the this that awesome clip where it looks like he's being buggered from bu- he's buggering. Oh, where uh, he's buggering a Apache chief. That I I giggled myself to to sleep over the clip. I wasn't even going to originally use any footage from the original show. It was just going to be all live action. Yeah. And I was like, no, I have to put this clip in. So that, that's why there's a montage of old Super Friends. Uh, you know, there's a similar. They must. Some of these animators must have been doing this on purpose because there's a similar uh, shot in the old Transformers show, where you know you freeze frame it and it really is just it's a Transformer doing a human. You know, it, oh, really, it, it's really. Oh, there's, a, hmm? there's a great GoBots clip actually. Do you remember the GoBots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great GoBots clip on YouTube where three of the bad GoBots tackle the. The leader of the good GoBots, and they're just they're just raping him on the ground. They're on his back. They're the, the animation's moving up and down. He's like, no, don't. It's it's horrible. It's really horrible. And then oil gets just all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Radiator fluid. Yeah. It's quite dirty. Hopefully, there won't be any uh, transformer porn in the new movie. Hopefully, there will be, or there. Well, actually, yeah, now that you mention it, I hope there will be, but I doubt there will be. Um, you going to go see that, Michael Bay's flick? Uh, yeah, of, of course, you know. I <laughs> I have to go see it. I have to go see it. Well, I notice you're, you got a lot of – is that your apartment? Because it looks like there's a lot of action figures all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I live with uh, <clears throat> three of my uh, college friends, and we're, we're a bunch of uh, men children who've never quite grown up. And so uh, there's there's toys and action figures um, scattered all over the place, and uh, which which is great because then I never have to leave the apartment really for props or anything. Which is why all my videos are mostly just made in my living room. The um, now tell me about this gods of uh, God of Vampires. What's that all about? <coughs> oh, um, it's a dire- the director's name is Rob Fitz. He uh, he's done a lot of makeup and special effects work on on horror and just regular genre films. Um, and this was a labor of love of his. He, he shot on film on, you know, 16 millimeter. Um, started like five years ago and just like every six months I'd get a call to go up. He was shooting in this abandoned warehouse up in, uh, uh, New Hampshire. So take the Fung Wah bus from New York up to Boston and pop up to this warehouse in the middle of winter. He always seemed to schedule right in the middle of winter, which is, is great to have cold blue latex poured over your skin. <laughs> In an unheated abandoned warehouse in the middle of winter. Uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. But yeah, so <clears throat> just years and years of scheduling people to come in and, you know, volunteer their time. And, uh, he's working with his friend, uh, Dharma, uh, who's the lead in the movie. Um, yeah, and then they got it together. There was a screening of it last October, and now they're just, uh, shopping around. So it's actually like it's it's all completed or it's totally it's, it's completed. Although I I would love to do redo my voiceover because I sound like a game show host vampire, which is probably actually that's not, not a bad a, idea though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always thought that somebody should do like a modern. You know, I, I didn't think Hollywood should do one, but I thought that there should be a really badass, uh, you know, Chinese vampire movie because I mean, like. You know, there's only there's a few there's like Mr. Vampire and shit like that, but um, I thought you know I really liked the look of those Chinese monsters. Yeah. I thought, and I mean they sort of adapted that look for the Grudge, uh, you know, both the Japanese and the American version. That sort of blue skin, long black hair, yeah, uh, Chinese ghost uh, story look. But um, yeah, no one no one's latched on to that. It's not they're not quite as Romantic, I guess, as European vampires are. Uh, but they kick ass, and they got that. Uh, they they hop around a lot, which is kind of cool. It's just kind of disconcerting. Like I would watch, um, oh, what's that Samo Hung movie? Uh, what the fuck? <coughs> um, Chinese? No, shit, I can't remember the name of it. The uh, there's a Samo Hung movie where he fights some some vampires. Vampires? And, really? Yeah, I think. It, oh, Spooky Encounters or Close Encounters of the Spooky Kind. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, and it's it's just kind of disconcerting to see these the way they move i mean it's so unnatural but it's so interesting you know just yeah. it's kind of goofy the way they hop but at the same time it's like that's pretty weird and kind of well i don't want to spoil anything for you but there's, there's no actual hopping in the, oh damn it god i know i know i know they they didn't quite go that far with the uh the the salute to the genre but uh 
Well, what I saw, though, was pretty badass. I mean, it was just, you know, it's very stylish. I liked the, I especially liked the, you know, just the way it was shot. I know that you probably didn't use that Rob Zombie song, you know, in the actual movie, but I love the way that little clip was edited to, to that song. I th- oh, right, yeah. I thought that, that really worked. Um, yeah, he actually cut down a, a small trailer and submitted it to a Rob Zombie uh, filmmaking contest set to that song, which is why that song is a... Rob, through. That's that's shocking that to me that Rob Zombie has a filmmaking contest when that guy, yeah that is <laughs> that guy couldn't fucking direct his way out of a fucking paper bag. I mean, is it that well? I mean, I heard his last movie was all right. I, I didn't see it. Actually, but, uh, you know what? I'll I'll reserve. I haven't seen uh, Devil's Rejects, but I did see that fucking awful. I I did not like that werewolf woman uh, trailer that he did. Yeah, that was that was the weakest of the four trailers in Grindhouse. I, I heard your Grindhouse review, uh, yeah. by the way. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I liked the uh, Tarantino one myself. Better, Wait, Tarantino did a trailer? Oh, no, no, you're talking no, about... No, 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 the, 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 the movie, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw it again, actually, last night, and I, you know, I keep seeing... I, I gotta stop seeing movies with, with complete idiots who don't know what the fuck a good movie is, because uh, I, I sat there, I fucking complained... No, I, I was... Sitting with this guy who was complaining about the fucking movie all the way home, like, you know, the fact that, you know, he was pissed off that the second movie was too slow and, you know, he liked the relentlessness of uh, the Rodriguez part. And it's like, uh, fucking frustrating. Yeah, see, but they're both great movies in that the first one, Rodriguez made a great parody uh, and homage to Grindhouse movies. But then Tarantino actually made a Grindhouse movie, (laughs) you know, long periods of exposition and dialogue punctuated by kick-ass action that you go home and talking about. You know. I just loved, like, when I was watching it, I got so fucking into it. I, did, I wasn't into the Rodriguez one. And when I was, when the when the action hits, like, the, there's that, all that exposition and you're going, yeah, 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 you know, the, the dialogue. But, you know, I found that I enjoyed it that much more when we got into the action because yeah, I really... Absolutely. I was really rooting for the chicks to to win, and it was just that that really just yeah fucking go. That's what I wanted to feel through the whole movie, and I didn't get that with Rodriguez's. Rodriguez, I got like oh that's a fucking cool effect, or like yeah, yeah. that it was fun. Rodriguez's was, was a fun movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, I what I really loved was because because you know the second movie was quote unquote boring. Um, people started talking. Throughout it and shouting things at the screen yeah. before the action scene, and and I was like, this is perfect. Tarantino's actually managed to recreate the grindhouse atmosphere <laughs> for a modern audience. You know, grindhouses are dead, but he actually has recaptured it here for us. Yeah, where you're like just screaming at the screen. Now if he could only have like yeah. the sticky floors and the weirdos in the trench coats, and uh, I think we had a couple of those actually. <laughs> you know, the guys that are just. Yeah, I thought they told No, but I, I, I thought it was great. I thought the, the movie was great in general, just overall. Yeah, I thought they really pulled it off. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't do so well. But I, that's a combination of factors. That's just like bad, you know, now, see, bad timing and, you know. Tarantino movies never do well in opening. I mean, that's that's a standard for Tarantino. It's not a it's not an accurate litmus test for how well the movie did. I mean, uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2, they they both did under $30 million their their opening weekends. Pulp Fiction made only $9 million. It's... It's opening weekend. You know, these, his movies stick around for a while. They do huge worldwide box office, and then they do amazing rentals and DVD sales. That's what sucks, though. Yeah, and you're totally right. What what does suck, though, is like if you watch the news, they would like they automatically brand a movie like that that doesn't totally, you know, that, that goes below expectations as a bomb. Like when King when, when King Kong didn't make two hundred million dollars its first weekend, it's automatically a bomb, which is complete. F- well, that was a bomb for other reasons. Yeah, but, uh, yeah true. But you know, it, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it did make a lot of money in the long run. It wasn't necessarily a bomb. It just you know, they maybe made some bad decisions with some of the you know in the movie, but the movie did make its money back and then some. It wasn't a huge bomb, oh, yeah. but it was all the rings. Yeah. No, 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 no. But you know what? That actually helps Tarantino. A great deal. It helps him keep the street cred. The second he does a Hollywood blockbuster that makes a hundred million plus over its, its first weekend, he's going to lose all the street cred. It's gone. Yeah. They're like, oh, he sold out. See, this way, he's that guy who has small little films, which aren't really small little films, but yeah, just watch him. Though I don't think they're going to give him quite as big a budget for his next flick, but he doesn't really need it. It's mostly yeah. Nah, he's, he's he's never needed it. 
but I did enjoy. I mean, it was such a fucking great experience. I don't think. I mean, how cool is Zoe Bell, by the way? Oh, she's fucking. Zoe she's Bell hot. So, I've got to see. I've never seen Double Dare, that documentary on her. So. Uh, oh, there's a documentary. Oh yeah, she was a <clears throat> a stunt woman for uh, on uh, Xena and Warrior Princess. Yeah, I heard about and Kill Bill too. And Kill Bill. So the Double Dare documentary covers the history of stunt women, uh, you know, through through all filmmaking and but it focuses a lot on her and they show her auditioning for Kill Bill um, yeah so I've seen a couple clips from it and it looks really intriguing and, and now that I've seen her in Grindhouse I completely want to oh yeah well I want to stop her obviously but. <laughs> she's yeah she's so cool it's like she's she's like the ultimate chick because she likes to she's basically a tomboy but she's feminine and she's like so she's cute and but she'll she's dangerous and that's just so fucking cool you don't really you know, see that anymore. Um, right. You want a girl who can, you know, cuddle with you on the couch and then hang off the hood of a car. Yeah, exactly. Like 70 miles an hour. Baby. That's really what every man wants. <laughs> with a, if Zoe Bell can cook, it's over. Forget about <laughs> it. No, that's terrible. But I'm like, I'm like doing an interview in the 1950s. And that, you know, she's got that cute Kiwi accent, too. Um, oh, yeah. Which, we, you know, coming out of certain people, like coming out of Peter Jackson, it's really annoying, but, you know, her doing it. <laughs> like, I can't stand when Peter, ja- like, Peter Jackson's accent is just, ah, oh, fuck. Have you, ever, you ever see Bad Taste? You know, I've never seen Bad Taste. Yeah. Y- oh, wait a minute. Yes, I did. I did just see Bad Taste. <laughs> when, did, when did you see it? Like, how long ago? It, it was, it was part of the, when we screened God of Vampires, the director did a whole, like, uh, um, it was like a whole, like, it was a double feature. It was a double bill. We did a bunch of short films and then he screened Bad Taste. And then, uh, Wow, I have no recollection of bad taste whatsoever. What happens? Um, aliens uh, try to cook people. Like aliens are trying to kidnap people in New Zealand and turn them into intergalactic fast food. And there's a bunch of gore effects, uh, brains, okay. and Peter Jackson falls oh, off. No, a I did not see. Bi- I did not see bad taste. Ah, okay. You know what happened? He was supposed to show bad taste after our movie played, but then a bunch of people showed up and they wanted to see the movie. <laughs> The God of Vampires movie, right. so they just played God of Vampires again. Well, it's saying, I mean... It was so late at that point, I, I, it's all blurry, I apologize. But check it out if you, if you get a chance. It's, it's it's one of those, It's again, it, that's like, that's basically what, um, it, like you said, God of Vampires was a labor of love, that's basically what uh, what Bad Taste was, you know, with Peter Jackson. He made that movie like over five years with his friends on weekends. Right. And just using whatever they had. The only difference is Peter Jackson just was one of these guys that builds everything from scratch. I mean, he built all his, you know, creature effects and, you know, right, props. Right, exactly. It's the same thing with this guy, Rob Fitz. He, uh, you know, because he does special effects on horror movies, he, he, he built everything from scratch. Guts. Well, a lot of times he just used actual guts. Unfortunately, I wasn't in those scenes. But. Yeah, usually that's cheaper. <laughs> Easier to get a hold of. Um... Let's see. What else can we talk about? Um, so, what was uh, like? When did you? Okay, the five hundred impressions thing. That's when I. That's the first one thing I saw of yours. Uh, was that just like, hey, would this be funny, or was there like some mystical thing that came to you in a dream? That uh, I think I stole that from Carlos Mencia. Oh. No, I'm, j- I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just that's a little dig at Carlos Mencia for ripping off other comics. Oh, so you uh, saw that video too, huh? The Joe Rogan thing. Yeah, and I had heard about it beforehand too. I mean, uh, the the one have you seen? The, anyway, I'll, I'll, I I don't really remember how I came up with the five impressions one. I think I just I had had it in my mind at some point, and I finally just sat down. And here's the problem: a lot of my video ideas are so simple that I I don't get around to doing them for months and months. And then you do them, and like you, it's over in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that actually took a week because of the the names were painted. To type out has ended the screen, but it was it was what I loved about that was how well it was timed to, to the uh, chariots of fire theme. The way that it was like when it whenever the theme would go like certain I don't know the way you had the words just sort of float into frame and go bing bing bing. It was oh yeah I did, I, did, I, I spent a lot of time syncing up the uh, text with the the rhythm of the music. Oh, it totally paid off too. Um, let's see. I mean, in general, that's how I, I make films a lot of the time. I, if you watch my like, uh, like a lot of my earlier films, they'll be just—they're basically just kind of music videos in a way. I, I set a lot of the cuts and the action to uh, to the music. 
Now you did a musical, like a little brief musical bit, right, with your roommate? Oh yeah, that was that was one of the twenty four hour festivals. It was a uh, you know the theme was revenge, and so I was like, all right, we're doing a zombie musical. And I called my friend Jason, who's a composer, and he, he spent a couple hours writing three songs. You know, I wrote lyrics, and I sent him the lyrics, and he, he garage banded. Is that a verb? Garage, garage banded. banded. Sure, yeah. he garage banded the uh, some great songs, and uh, me and my roommate learned them, and we called some other people that we knew, and just shot it. Um, I was I was three hours over the deadline, unfortunately, so I wasn't eligible for any any prizes or anything. But uh, damn it. It was still fun to make. Well, say it's a learning experience. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, that that was that was also pretty badass. Um, well, thank you. Uh, not to kiss ass. Or, <coughs> you know. No, no, by all means, uh, kiss my ass. I'll plant my yeah. nose right up in there. Thank you. Um, let's see. Oh, just by the way, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I posted. Um, a link to your stuff on the City on Fire forum, and one of the guys over there, his his handle is Woody Invincible. This is what he had to say. Okay. This is what he had to say about you. And I kid you not, and you know, this you know, I take this as a compliment. He said, "I don't know about you, but no, no, wait, that was that was something else. I'm sorry. It is, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, it's, that was a bad one. No, 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 no. Uh, this okay. was that was another note I had down here. Okay, this is if he if he had a pussy, I'd fuck it. Now. I don't know. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah. That's just about the that's the oh, level of in, of humor that we've got on uh, the city on fireboards. Um Fantastic. It's Well that's okay. That's that's about my level, so <laughs> Yeah. I I wish somebody would say that about me, but <laughs> someday, Dad. Yeah. I can only hope. I can only hope. Now you did the you did the the front page art was that you or was that no, Jeff yeah, who did the fantastic it's great thank you uh, it's actually part that's part of a much bigger poster that I'm working on that will probably never be finished because it's it's but eventually it will be for sale on cityonfire.com yeah hopefully if if it ever gets done <laughs> actually that was the original idea. I was going to do this big ass poster it was going to be like really cool like an old school movie poster and it was going to be mm. all painted and shit and I've gotten most of it done but it's like Okay, I'm about maybe 80% done on it, but I just don't have the, like, I find that I have very little time to go back and work on it, because as much as I would like to finish it, other shit keeps coming up and i got to pay bills, and, you know, I do a lot of what I do on City on Fire, basically, just because Jeff's my friend, so it's, you know, <laughs> and, you know, we've known it. How do you guys know each other? Um, well, I don't want to get into that. No, uh, basically, <laughs> nice. no, 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 we... Like, I used to write reviews and crap for him about, like, starting in, like, two, uh, 1997, back when this... By the way, I'd like to uh, publicly thank Jeff for showing up for this interview. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. That's, it, was, it was sweet of you. So you were writing articles for him in 1997? Yeah, I was writing some crap, and it, it really sucked, but he, he seemed to like it, and uh, it's it snowballed. Not that kind of snowball, but the other kind. Not 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 the Kevin Smith snowball, but the uh, anyway, um, the uh, Simpsons cat snowball. Yeah, what? Simpsons cat snowball. Uh, okay. it, it just grew from there, where I was like just doing obscene amounts of like volunteer work for his site, and I still don't know why I do it. I think it's just out of spite. Um, Somebody's got a crush. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess no. it's the same reason. You have a man crush. You have a man crush on one another. You're friends. Yeah, we're just we're just friends. That's it. Um, we're special friends. Sure, sure. Um, special friends. But uh, you know. Uh, by the way, I hope. Wait, I, I just realized I've been chewing gum really loudly. Hold on. Yeah, did you bring enough for the entire podcast? <laughs> yeah, I do. Here, have a yeah. have a piece. Mm, yes. Virtual gum chewing. It's this cutting edge podcasting right yeah. here. That's the that's the idea. Okay. What other what other <laughs> crap can we waste some time talking about? We should we should talk about something so the people who like download this at ninety nine cents a pop on iTunes don't get like Oh wait, you can you can we're gonna do that? I thought oh, I, I don't know. know. It was just for free. Just, oh, is it for free? I, oh excellent. Just excellent. about all Well, you get what you pay for, kids. <laughs> yeah, goddammit. Dan short gum. That's the <laughs> 
me drink tea. That's kind of an that's a good idea for an experiment. Though. I want to see how many people would actually pay for this shit because most podcasts are free. But I want to see if anybody would actually say, "Well, shit, if you pay ninety nine cents for it, it's got to be good, right?" Shit. Well, what you really want is the comment where they go, you know, if that podcast had a pussy. I'd fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, nice. So that was Shy again. Go check out his, his work over on YouTube. Um, easiest way to do that again is just go type in 500 impressions in the search bar. Or you can look up uh, his name, Shyapor. S-H-Y-A-P-O-R-N. Our next uh, interview is Ryan... Ryan's been with uh, City on Fire for a few years, and here he's going to talk about the the Asian Film Festival that he hosted, and all the great, wonderful, super, superb, awesome, amazing, mind-blowing movies that he was showing. One of them was about ping pong. Can't wait for that. Anyway, um, enjoy, have a listen, have a go, and uh, and I'll be back afterward with Dan's life-affirming conclusion to the City on Fire podcast. It was just the uh, 2007 Milwaukee Asian Film Festival. So it was through it was through your through your school or a it, school? It's through like? uh, just UWM University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. Um, I'm not actually a student there. I just uh, the story is that I went to the International Film Festival in Milwaukee, and there was a guy handing out little flyers when I went to see Simply for Mr. Vengeance. And these little flyers were just uh, for this weekly Asian film that he was showing on campus. So I started showing right. up, and you know it's just. It was really cool because we just show a different Asian film every week. Then the guy went off to China for like eight months, but I didn't want that weekly thing to end, so I took over. But in taking the weekly one over, I also got stuck in, you know, stuck doing the uh, the film festival. So you're hosting it? Yeah, pretty much. I I kind of have to contact the companies to to get the certain films that we'd want. Um, really, I could get whatever I wanted as long as there was an American distributor. Only because we right. just didn't have the time to to bring stuff from overseas. It was just too difficult. So, what kind of films were you showing at the at the, the festival recently? Uh, we, okay. Well, I really tried to get stuff from all over Asia, but that's really tough. Just because there aren't really a lot of North American distributors picking up a lot of Asian films. Some of them pick up one or two, but not a lot of them are picking up. The stuff that, that we all read about on the boards and, and that we watch and review, because a lot of us are getting that stuff from overseas, so it's really tough to get American distributors that have all these films available. So I was able to get Exiled only because, actually thanks to City on Fire, because of the board, because of people posting about Exiled and about it playing at the Toronto Film Festival, I knew that it had an American distributor already. Um, it, that was Magnolia Films, Magnolia Magnolia Pictures, I believe. Um, okay. So I knew they already had it. So I was able to contact them and get that one before they even posted it on their site. So I really felt like you know, I kind of got in early on that one because I had tried to get the host also. The problem was because everybody knows about the host and they've really been hyping that one up, the local theater in Milwaukee snuck and got that one you know, from under us. So we had, that was the one film we thought we were sure we were going to get. And, of course, the Oriental Theater in, in town here in Milwaukee, they picked it up a week before before our film festival. So, Ouch. yeah, so, you know, here they're playing this film. We were planning on playing at the film festival a week before. And then Magnolia told us that, well, because they're playing it a week before, you really can't... Uh, you really can't get it because if they keep it in the theaters for two weeks, then you're going to be playing it at three at the same time. They're trying to sell tickets. just won't work. So so they got it. We didn't. Lame. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sucked. So we got Memories of Murder instead, which is uh, same so, director. Same director as, as the host. host. Yeah. So what's, what's that one about? Uh, Memories of Murder is uh, it's actually based on a play, which is based on a true story. Um or, or I should say, not a true story, but more actual events of uh, the late to mid mid to late 80s and early 90s, I think, in South Korea, where the the police are tracking a serial killer. <laughs> Okay. 
uh, Roy and Francis Ng are trying to protect him just because they grew up with him. They don't want him dead. So there's a little shootout, and then it kind of stops, and then they say, okay, well, we'll discuss it later. Let's eat first. So then they kind of go through their, their whole camaraderie thing, and that's through most of the movie. And, you know, then, of course, this big heroic bloodshed kind of ending. It's just really, really good film. Just about these guys trying to get by, trying not not to get in the way of the boss, but, of course, inevitably that's going to happen. You know, it's it's Johnny Toe. It's, it's just terrific. So it's just a cool gangster flick, basically. It really is, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the films that we played were Exiled from Hong Kong, a film that was made in Mongolia but uh, by Chinese filmmakers uh, with, with a lot of Mongolian help called Mongolian Ping Pong, which was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people thought it was maybe a little too slow, but it was about these kids who were about seven who find in the stream, they find a ping pong ball. Okay. And so they're going around asking everybody what this is. You know, they're, they're out in, on the steps in Mongolia. You know, so they're in yurts and they're, you know, it's just this wide open space horses right. and goats and things. It's, it's really crazy. And, you know, they're, they're asking people what this thing is because they have no idea. And, you know, the grandmother says, it's a glowing magical pearl. And the other guy says, it's an egg. Like, no, it can't be an egg. It's too light. You know, and the, the shell is too thin. And, you know, they're, they're trying to figure it out. And finally, they figure out, somebody tells them, it's a ping pong ball. So then, they start trying to figure out what the ping pong ball is. And they hear on TV, because they're, they're trying to watch TV, but they're so far away, they're not getting a signal. All they're getting is sound and just staticky picture. Right. So they hear the ping pong ball being knocked around, and the, the announcer's saying, uh, ping pong is the national sport of China, and this is the national ball of China. Then they think, oh, my God, we've got the national ball of China. We need to return it to Beijing. <laughs> they're missing their national ball. So then they go out, and they try to go to Beijing. These, keep in mind, these kids are seven. Right. So... You know, they're, they're, they get on, one of them's got a little scooter, the other two have horses, and they're going towards the Gobi Desert. And they get to this big open kind of grasslands, and they say, okay, this is the Gobi. And the one guy's like, uh, the one kid says, uh, shouldn't we get water before we go? And the other guy's like, no, nobody gets thirsty in the Gobi Desert. <laughs> and so then they, they try and go and cross. But of course then... And they die horribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then the kid on the scooter, he runs out of gas, so he's going to turn around. Then the other two kids keep going. You know, I don't want to tell you the ending or anything, but uh, but when they get picked up by the police who are out looking for him, takes them back, he says, you know, this isn't Gobi Desert. The Gobi Desert is south. You guys were heading the wrong direction. So they were, first of all, they, they didn't even know where they were going. So they get back, and then the one kid has to go off. Yeah, I can spoil the ending because I don't think anybody's going to see it. And it's not like you it's bastard. it's it's not that big special in ending. It's it's a really good movie. The whole movie is good. But what happens is in Mongolia at seven, the kids get sent to school. So this this kid, you know, he he goes off to school and he's uh, sitting in this little presentation that they're showing them the first day, and he has to go to the bathroom. So he goes to they're outside. He's running next to a building and he stops and hears something. So he goes into the building, and he, he walks into this big auditorium, and you just see the, the camera on his face. You don't see anything else in the room. You just see his face as he's just kind of staring into this room, and you hear sneakers on, like, a basketball floor, like a gymnasium floor, and you just hear dozens of ping-pong balls being knocked around, and he's just staring like, oh, that's what it is. He finally gets it, and that's where the movie ends. It's a really good movie. It's really cute. Um... I highly recommend it. Just hearing you describe it, it sounds a little anticlimactic, like, oh, that's what it is. The end. Like, oh, that's, yeah. you know. Well, sort of, but but only in the sense, see, I didn't, I, I skipped a lot of the, the Yeah, yeah, the I'm plot. sure there's a, there's a lot more. Of yeah, that. because it's not really about the ping pong ball. I mean, that's kind of like his. It's a journey of discovery. <laughs> exactly. Say that again, you sound just like you're on a movie trailer. It's a journey of discovery. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Um, but no, it's it really good because it's about these three friends. And, you know, it's it's just, it's a good movie. It's kind of hard to explain the whole plot in just a short little, you know, description. But it, it's 
it's, it's about you know what you know what it's it's basically a Mongolian Stand By Me. A Mongolian Stand By Me <laughs> crossed with a Mongolian uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was really entertaining. I liked it a lot. Some people thought it was a little slow, but I think that's just kind of the style of the film. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was really good. And I, it's last about ping pong balls. It's about hugs. ping pong balls. Yeah. So what what the hell did you expect? Exactly. You know, exactly. Is, I want to see Robert Rodriguez make a movie about ping pong balls. Right. Right. Actually, actually, shit. There's a movie coming out. I can't remember. Can't remember who did it. There's a movie coming out about ping pong. I think it's one of those Ben Stiller movies. Yeah, yeah, I heard something about that. Like, yeah, if you thought Dodgeball was funny, well, yeah. wait do you see Ben Stiller in his ping pong movie. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> that was so, so funny. funny. Anyway, anyway uh, I'm going to end it right here because I'm kind of out of material, and actually I had a third bit. I had a debate that I was going to include, but I couldn't because the audio was so screwed up, and uh, the recorder that I used to record Skype did not work right. So, hot recorder, go fuck yourself. You suck. I want my 15 bucks back. I want it now. If I have to take it out of your ass, I guess that's just what's going to have to happen. Because I got screwed. No nothing fancy at the end here. No trailer, no goofy crap. I'll do that next time. I just don't feel like doing it right now. But I hope you folks enjoyed it. hope you'll uh, tune into the next episode where we will no doubt have Actually, probably somebody to talk to. Uh, maybe somebody besides myself, uh, so I'm not just sitting here rambling on and on into a mic. Hope you liked it. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, this has been City on the second episode of CityOnFire.com's podcast. This is uh, the Asian Film and Other Crap podcast. It's about half Asian films, half whatever the hell we want. And we're going to do our best to improve this thing, make the sound quality better, uh, provide you with some some fun content that you can get with. I hope you folks will tune in next time.